out, you rapist! <laughs> oh my god. Uh, yeah. So, uh... Special edition of Birthday Boy Podcast. Theme songs you'll never hear again. So we'll listen to old Vince McMahon's theme song for the last time. You will never... Uh, what do I fucking know? You know, you'll never see him on television in WWE again. It's probably true, but... How many other things has he escaped over the years? Maybe this was uh, back in 1999 when they made this song. No Chance in Hell. It premiered at, I believe this was, if I remember right, this was the theme song. We spoke yesterday about the, uh, it was the anniversary of the 1999 Royal Rumble, which is a Royal Rumble that I absolutely hate. Um, <clears throat> and I, I hated a large portion of the Attitude Era. I couldn't wait for it to be over. I'm, I'm the one guy who was like, oh my god, this sucks. This is so fucking trashy. Now, the things that we remember, the things that I loved, was anytime Stone Cold Steve Austin had a microphone. Or a beer in his hand. Anytime he was beating the shit out of Vince McMahon. The Vince Austin stuff was great. The Rock was great. DX oftentimes was great. Sometimes it was, like, stupid, but... Mick Foley was, you know, like, the main players of the Attitude Era... And a handful of others were were very entertaining. And the rest of it just sucked. <laughs> anyway, in the nineteen ninety-nine, uh, just just look at look at any pay-per-view from nineteen ninety-nine. The the Monday Night Raws were on fire because that's where they were putting all their efforts to try and beat WCW Monday Nitro. And if you go back and wa watch the Royal Rumble in nineteen ninety nine, sucks. Yeah, Mick Foley versus Rock is you know, that's the notable thing. WrestleMania 15 sucks. Uh, I don't even... SummerSlam. SummerSlam had a, The Rock versus Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn, if I'm not mistaken, didn't he... He won King of the Ring that year. It was just like, what are, they, what are we doing here? And then towards the end of 1999, Vince Russo and Ed Ferrara, who were the main writers who wrote a lot of the like trashy shit that was very popular. The late 90s, you got like, you know, uh, Bill Clinton, who's a piece of trash too. Uh, you know, all his extramarital, all the fucking pervy, weird nonsense that he was up to. And Jerry Springer was huge. WWE was just like, you know, redneck television and everybody was just gulping it down. That was like the one period, the added, the most popular period in wrestling was like the one period of time that I legitimately stopped watching. Like, I didn't care what was on Raw. I didn't care what was on the pay-per-views. That, that was like must-see. Even if it wasn't looking to, shaping up to be a good pay-per-view, I, I couldn't miss. I couldn't miss a Raw. I couldn't miss a, anything. A pay-per-view, superstars, whatever. And then we get to 1999, and I'm just like, I can't, I can't watch this stuff. This sucks. <laughs> and then in uh, in early 2000, oh, excuse me. 
in early 2000, uh, it it came, uh, you know, the 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 main writers of the popular, more sort of R-rated stuff uh, left for WCW and, and proceeded to destroy that company. Because it turns out you don't just need to have good writers, but you need to have somebody, uh, you know, wrangling these people. Uh, which, you know, WWF had uh, in Vince McMahon. Turns out he was wrangling... Uh, he was wrangling a lot of other things in the background. Let me... But anyways, that No Chance in Hell was the theme song for the Royal Rumble that Vince McMahon won. And then it became his theme song. Like, immediately... They kind of... I, I feel like they sort of did the same thing in 1997. I remember after the Survivor Series went off the air, after Bret Hart got screwed, they had a, an ad for the next pay-per-view, In Your House, D-Generation X. And they had this new theme song playing. And it was the D. It would become the DX theme song. Anyway, we're not here to talk about the Royal Rumble. We're not here to about, talk about theme songs or DX or any of that stuff. At least not in a uh, not in a wrestling context, but rather the bombshell, uh, one of seemingly long line of bombshells that have come out over the uh, the last few years about Vince McMahon, and he seems to kind of escape everything, like. Uh, you know he 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 escaped the the steroid trials of the the mid, you know early nineties mid nineties nineteen ninety four, um, like he just he just uh, as CM Punk once said in two thousand eleven in that pipe bomb pro uh, promo, Vince McMahon will continue to make a shit ton. I'm paraphrasing. He didn't say that. Vince McMahon will continue to make a shit ton of money despite himself. Like, the guy can't get out of his own way, but somehow it makes him even more successful, makes him even more money. Uh, doesn't make him any less of a piece of shit, though, and I think we've all known. We, we've we known basically since the late 90s that Vince was a piece of shit because he was too fucking good at playing that evil Vince McMahon character. They'd be like, oh, that's just a character. But then you hear all these stories about Vince McMahon, it's like, doesn't sound like a character to me. <laughs> Where, like, he gets mad at people for sneezing, including himself. Like, he'll yell at himself for sneezing. I remember in the Vince, they had a Vince McMahon DVD documentary. Probably, I don't know, 15 years ago came out. Uh, and it was, um, it was a W, obviously it was produced by WWE, so it was a, nothing but favorable towards Vince. And uh, I believe it was in this documentary that Triple H and Stephanie, and Stephanie is Vince's daughter, Triple H is his son-in-law, who's currently uh, one of the one of the individuals running WWE. Um, but they were, you know, everybody, you know, they had a lot of Vince's closest uh, associates and family and friends, and what you know, his kids, Shane and Stephanie, were on there, and Triple H and wrestlers who knew him very well and you know Hulk Hogan I think was on it maybe and some of the legends and whatnot and uh had Triple H and Stephanie talking about uh how they played I think uh like Vince Vince had a has or had a house in uh in Palm Beach somewhere and uh 
Stephanie and Triple H in this DVD from like, I don't know, 2006, 2007. I, I don't remember exactly when it came out, but somewhere in there. Uh, they're talking about how Vince is competitive, unlike anyone else. And and they're telling this story, and it's it's always been funny to me. And I uh, wrestling frames these horrendous stories as like, ha, oh, there's classic wrestling pranksters. Just cla- just your classic goofball. British Bulldog Davy Boy Smith was just your lovable prankster. He was always pissing in women's purses and shitting in wrestlers' gym bags. I mean, just, just a classic, classic prankster. Kurt Henning, Mr. Perfect, just a jokester till the end. He was always running around pissing and shitting in people's suitcases and bags and purses and, uh, you know, he would shit in a hot dog bun and then serve it as, I, I'm, I'm making some of this stuff up. I don't, you know, but like all of the jokesters that you hear about in wrestling and I back in the day, it was, yeah, you heard about the British Bulldog, Davey Boy Smith and Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning, both, uh, long departed from, uh, this mortal coil uh, but they were they were known to be classic pranksters, and it's like, oh, that must have been like I remember as a kid thinking like, oh, that's it's so good to hear that these are just like fun loving guys, and they like to joke around and stuff. And then all it is is that they just like to fucking defecate and leave their leave their own fecal matter and urine in other people's personal items. I think uh, there, you know, the story somebody took a piss in someone's hat. And, and then they went to put it on, and then piss fell all over their face. <laughs> That's so fucking funny. Classic pranks. Uh, X Pac, Sean Waltman. I remember him. T- like I think he took a he took a shit in uh, in Sonny's purse. Sonny's Sonny's as big a scumbag as as anybody. She's currently uh, uh, she's going away for a long, long time. After I think it was two years ago, she. Uh, she was drunk as a skunk and uh, ran over a guy and killed him. Yeah, a lot of it's weird that the that the wrestling business uh, used to attract and maybe still does uh, rather unsavory characters, male and female alike. Uh, but I, I feel like after what uh, the news that's coming out in these last few hours, uh, and today is Friday, January twenty sixth. We are one day and change from one of the biggest pay-per-view events of the year and what is shaping up to be one of the biggest events of all time, the 2024 Royal Rumble. And uh, yeah, what, and, uh, we were talking about that. I'm, I'm glad I did my little Royal Rumble uh, preview prediction thing yesterday because nobody's talking about the Royal Rumble now. Uh, who am I kidding? I'm sure tons of people are talking about it. Because there's always going to be those people that no matter what comes out about the people that they, you know, whose boots they lick and whose dicks they ride on a regular basis, ride or die. Um, and there's plenty of Vince McMahon dick riding just as there is for all these, you know, like scumbags, Andrew Tate, and uh, whatever. <laughs> and Vince McMahon's very, very good friend, the man with the uh, with the orange face. The Orange Man. Uh, what was I saying? Yeah, so anyways, you always heard about these pranksters and they were just like, oh my God. And you think like, why was this stuff like, 
you know, I know Vince has other shit to worry about, but like, why, why doesn't he or, or somebody like, why aren't they cracking down on this stuff? It's like, and then you find out more and more about Vince McMahon. It's like, oh, he's, he's one of these fucking guys. I'm sure if, I, I mean, there's, I have no proof of this. This is purely just speculation on my part. Uh, but if, if everyone on cable news is allowed to just wildly speculate while pretending to deliver news, particularly on the, uh, uh, on one channel that, uh, has three letters and is also the name of a, a furry, uh, animal, <laughs> uh, uh, the blank and the hound. Anyway, uh, if if those guys are allowed to just say anything they want and either call it news until somebody calls them out and then say, no, I didn't say it was news. I said, what if? So here I am saying, what if uh, Vince McMahon was one of those pranksters who took a shit? Like, I'm not saying it happened, but I could, if somebody came forward and said, oh yeah, Vince McMahon uh, used to, he used to have uh, Kurt Henning or uh, or X-Pac or Davey Boy Smith take the fall for all the times that he shit and pissed in people's luggage. I wouldn't be at all surprised. Uh, this Wall Street Journal article, um, yeah, two, if you recall, two years ago, uh, there was all kinds of, you know, stuff came out about all these NDAs and payouts that Vince McMahon uh, was... Uh, some, uh, you know, some relation relationship, whatever that means, with a female employee, uh, and he paid her several uh, million dollars. I, I think in total there were like the the number sixteen million sticks in my head. I don't know, but oh yeah, F okay, uh, close fourteen point six million in payouts uh, by the CEO to women who had accused him of sexual misconduct that should have been booked as business expenses. Uh, <laughs> yeah, re McMahon repaid the company for the cost of the investigation, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, uh, yeah, it, it basically, I mean, where there's smoke, there's fire. Like you hear stuff and you hear it over the course of years and sometimes it picks up and sometimes it goes away. Listen, the first time we heard about Bill Cosby being a fucking piece of shit, was like 2006, 2005, 2006, when it, and it was a popular story for a few months. And then it went away for years and only in the last, I don't, wasn't that long ago, five, six years. Like Cosby was, they were talking about him coming back to on Netflix to have another, uh, like, a, I don't know if it was going to be a Cosby family reboot or if it was going to be a new show with him as, you know, the head of the family, the same same old formula. Um, but the, uh, yeah, that, that, that didn't get too far off the ground once uh, Hannibal Burris brought back up the uh, the Cosby stuff. And then, uh, then, it, then it actually, in the age of social media, stuff, uh, stuff sticks around a little bit longer. Even if it goes away for a little bit, it comes back. 2006 nobody was on social media yeah a lot of people were but not me like the the whole population is basically on Facebook and or Twitter and or Instagram and or TikTok whatever we're all connected we're all online even if we're even if we don't have social media accounts we can still go to social media and look at stuff we still hear things everybody just knows everything about everything 
And, uh, you know something? If you're going to, if you're going to take a day off, take a fucking day off. Don't, Jesus Christ. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. But, uh, but then when, when Hannibal Burris brought up the Cosby stuff again, just a few years ago in the age of social media and, and everything else, um, then it, then it picked up steam. Uh, just as, you know, we've known for years that, like, certain people are just, like, pervy fucking scumbags. We knew, we've known that for a long time about Bill Clinton. We've known that for a long time about Donald Trump. Uh, whether people <laughs> want to accept these things or not is a totally different story. I'm I'm of the camp that says, if you're a scumbag, you're a scumbag, and I don't give a shit what other things we agree or disagree upon, or if I vote for you or not vote for you, um, which I never voted for either one of those two fuckers. But uh, I don't care. Like, you know, if a bunch of shit comes out and proves to be true about Joe Biden, who I did vote for, then fucking lock his ass up and throw away the key. Like, that's... I, I guess that's where things have gone off the rails in recent years, is we we are... Like 50% outraged by things, just depending on what that person's political beliefs are or if they produce a product uh, that we enjoy consuming. Um, and so for a lot of people, like Vince McMahon has been part of their lives for decades. I, I mean, before I knew who Vince McMahon was, I knew who Vince McMahon was because I remember being a very tiny little child and having the TV on, uh, I mean, before I even really knew anything about wrestling at all, and uh, and my mom was like, "Oh, is that that's uh, that's that Vince McMahon? He owns the uh, World Wrestling Federation." And I said, "I don't." I, I was like five or six. <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, I, if you say so." I don't know who that is, but yeah, okay. Uh, and. Uh, yeah, he was a big part of my childhood. You know, I started really watching wrestling at the age of 11. And I'm 43, so you can do the math. I've been watching it for a long time, over three decades. And Vince McMahon was on my television screen for the the majority of those three decades. At the start, he was a broadcaster. You know, welcome to Monday Night Raw. And he would do all the Raws and the pay-per-views once uh, Gorilla Monsoon started slowing down. And then once he fucked over Bret Hart, uh, he left the broadcast booth and became more of the evil Vince McMahon on-screen character, feuding with Stone Cold Steve Austin, bringing the business to new heights that it had not seen since the 80s, and in many ways exceeding those heights. Uh, and then he would, you know, even when he wasn't regularly part of the weekly programming, you could still count on old Vinnie Mac to show up uh, every so often and, and get involved in some kind of storyline. I mean, I remember like 2015, he was involved, like Roman Reigns stuff. And then a few years later, they, you know, he had a thing with Kevin Owens where Owens headbutted him in the ring, which was great. Uh, and then most recently, only two years ago, <laughs> that's the crazy thing is it was 2022 that we were watching WrestleMania featuring a Vince McMahon match. <laughs> and, uh, I, I, which is, you know, which was really just to have an excuse for Vince to, to, uh, 
for Stone Cold Steve Austin to come out and give Vince a stunner, the the ugliest, most hideous, most horrific stunner <laughs> ever ever received, and uh, but one of the funniest things ever watching Vince. Just, just like it's kind of fun to watch like back to back McMahon's in 2022. Uh, Vince McMahon too old and spindly legged to uh, to be able to take a Stone Cold stunner, so he just goes like stumbling backwards. And Stone Cold Steve Austin, he's just standing there laughing like you fucking idiot. <laughs> and uh, and then we would only see Vince a handful of times after that. Um, when when all these allegations and things and reports and what have you first first came to light in I guess June ish of twenty twenty two and then Vince made one more appearance on Raw just for the hell of it just to you know kind of say goodbye and then he made an appearance on SmackDown to do the same and then he made one more appearance on Raw to introduce introduce John Cena for the twenty year uh, anniversary of John Cena. <laughs> from 2002 to 2022. And then that was it, man. We have not we've seen Vince uh in interviews and things and with that evil mustache which he's recently shaved um as you know part of the the whole uh uh you know sale uh, TKO and all that stuff, uh, you know, the selling WWE, so obviously Vince was very much in the spotlight for that uh in the last year and uh and now he's back in the spotlight. I mean, he was just, what, two days ago, three days ago, they were at the New York Stock Exchange, and it was The Rock, who now owns the rights to call himself The Rock anytime and anywhere he wants. He's now on the board of directors for some obscene amount of money. And so Rock was there, and Nick Khan and Triple H and Vince was there too, and they're all, you know, doing the usual clapping and waving and, you know, all that stuff, ringing the bell. And uh, yeah, that that might that might be. I keep every time I see Vince McMahon on television, particularly in the last two years, I think one of these is going to be the last time we're going to see him. I mean, that's true of everybody, but it's like it's immediately true for Vince McMahon. And then last year, you start to think like, uh oh. Uh, and and as I mentioned, Vince McMahon at WrestleMania in twenty twenty two, his legs couldn't hold him up when he got stone cold stunner and he goes stumbling backwards you know crumpling down like a fucking sack of potatoes and then the next year his son shane comes out at last year's wrestlemania (coughs) to have a match an impromptu match and he proceeds to do a leapfrog and then land on his feet in a very hilarious and very painful way as he then crumples (laughs) crumples to the ground like a fucking like the asshole he is and uh that might that might have been i mean that that could very well end up being the last we see of any mcmahon on on wwe television i can't imagine a scenario that's gonna bring back shane mcmahon anytime like ever uh i feel like stephanie probably wants nothing to do with any of that uh, Linda has obviously, she's been out of the picture for a long time and, uh, who knows, I, I love to be a fly on the wall in whatever room she's in and the conversations she's having and the things that she knows about Vince that nobody else probably knows. Um, Linda, yeah, she's soft-spoken and she's very intelligent, but do not be fooled by Linda McMahon. She's just as big a piece of shit 
as, as any of them. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, so, so, yeah, so Vince is there with The Rock, with Triple H, ringing the bell a couple days ago at the stock exchange, and, uh, yeah, we. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what we're gonna see of Vince McMahon uh, going forward. I think it'll probably just be pictures of him going in and out of various courtrooms. Would be my guess is is what we're gonna see of Vince McMahon on television. Anyway, this is the story. So yeah, so two years ago there was a, you know all this stuff came out about all these you know yeah fourteen point six million dollars whatever it was. Um, all these payments he made to to various women over the years for them to keep quiet. Um, and that's, you know, is there a crime being committed there? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe he, you know, he's just banging a lot of these women and, uh, maybe proactively he just says like, Hey, you're going to sign this. I'm going to pay you this. And that'll be, you know, that's the end of it. You're rich now. You're a millionaire and we don't have to talk about this to anybody so that it does not tarnish the good name of Vincent Kennedy McMahon. So it's like, yeah, it, but it's, I mean, it's still wrong either way. Like he's still a, a scumbag because clearly like, you know, again, it's back to that whole power dynamic thing. It's not like he met a woman at a bar who didn't know who he was and they started dating and they had a fling and they had an affair. And then he said, you know what? I, um, I don't want anybody to find out about this. So here's $3 million. And uh, my lawyer here, Mr. McDevitt, uh, will uh, he'll go through this paperwork that you're going to sign. And then that'll be the end of it. Um, it was more like, I'm the boss. I own the company. And you work for me. Do you like? And it's not like any of this stuff even needs to be said. It's just... It's just a, like, that should, just generally speaking, it's a weird thing. Like, if you're the owner of the company and you, I, I, I don't know. But there's there's tons of gray area there. So it was kind of like, all right, well, Vince is a scumbag. What else is new? And then we kind of move forward. And now, there's a little, a little more to that story. And it doesn't just involve Vince. The Wall Street Journal. Uh, and this is written by Khadija Safdar. Updated uh, yesterday at 6 p.m. Boy, I really, I I just woke up to this information this morning. I I guess that's the nice thing about uh, taffy, if you will, is I it it gives me no. Uh, unfortunately, it it makes me um, eat a shit ton of food. I wish, uh, and sometimes I don't, but most of the time I do. I wish that didn't happen. That's the only side effect that I I would like to get rid of. Um, uh, but, but one of the, one of the many advantages of Taffy is I, once I'm like kind of laying back in my easy chair and the wife and I are watching uh, some kind of weird ass movie, uh, I, I really do. I put my phone even like I, I'll, I'll usually have my switch with me or maybe my steam deck or my iPad or my phone or all of the above. And usually I'll put them down and not even think about them. So I, we watched a movie, we hung out, we went to bed around 11 and, uh, and I pretty much just got in bed and was completely zapped and I turned off the lights and rolled over and went to sleep. 
So this this was coming out like around dinner time last night. So that tells you, uh, which was also right around the time uh, that I was logging off for work. And I had uh, every two weeks on Thursday nights, I have therapy and it's virtual. So I had uh, I was uh, I had a therapy session until about seven o'clock. And then I went down and had dinner. Uh, the wife and the oldest child are watching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. They had two episodes left. And I, I think since like January 1st, my 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 14-year-old has watched every episode of Sunny in Philadelphia with my wife. Um, and they just watched uh, Dennis Takes a Mental Health Day, which is the, the newest episode that was the season finale from last summer. So I came down and I said, you guys have watched every episode? That's impressive. That's, wow, holy shit. Uh, but I, so I watched a little bit of that, and then I played a little bit of video games, played a little Mario Wonder, and uh, and then we sat down and we watched, uh, we started watching this movie that my buddy Alex recommended called Pontypool, which is exactly in line with the kind of stuff that we watch. Um, we didn't finish it, though, for some reason. I think, I think we started it too late, but um, I was very much enjoying it. Anyway... I, I didn't look at any news. I didn't look at any Twitter. I didn't look at anything, which is great. I, that's that's exactly what I'm aiming for. Uh, so I went to bed with no knowledge of any of this. And now I'm waking up this morning and it's just like Vince, 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 Vince. So Khadija Safdar, Wall Street Journal. This is the uh, this is the article from yesterday. A woman who. Received a payout from WWE boss Vince McMahon has accused McMahon, the company, and a former executive of sex trafficking in a new lawsuit that raises questions about the breadth of an internal company probe conducted by a law firm last year. Yeah, that does kind of, they did do all that, uh, quote, investigation of, of McMahon's uh, misdoings and his various wheelings and dealings, to say the least. Yeah, it would be interesting that they would not uncover worse things. It's almost as though it was an internal investigation done by <laughs> done to not uh, reveal anything further about Vince McMahon. Anyway, Janelle Grant, a former employee at the wrestling firm's headquarters, said in a lawsuit filed Thursday that she was abused and sexually... Oh, uh, the fuck was that? Anyway... She was abused and sexually exploited by McMahon while he was chief executive. She alleged that McMahon lured her lured her with promises of career advancement and then he allegedly exploited her and trafficked her to other men inside the company. Uh-oh. That's really bad. That's really, really bad. Grant signed a non-disclosure agreement in 2022 in which McMahon agreed to pay $3 million for her to not discuss their relationship or to disparage him. The WWE received an anonymous tip in 2022 about the relationship and started a board investigation, which uncovered other payments by the CEO to women. Grant's lawsuit said McMahon stopped making payments under the 2022 deal after the initial $1 million installment. The suit seeks to void the agreement and unspecified financial damage. These fucking guys, man. Like, yeah, I yeah, I know I sex trafficked you, and I know I banged you a few times, but I'm gonna give you a three million dollars. 
I know that's maybe not enough. That's just enough to take a few years off. And it, that's just enough to stop working uh, and and run out of money just around the time that you'd be retiring. That's a that is actually like a sh- I mean it's nice. Who wouldn't? I'll I'll take I'll take three million dollars over no million dollars any day of the week. Certainly buys me a little uh, little vacation if nothing else. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna raise my desk up. Oh, good grief! Goodness gracious! And the microphone's getting closer. The desk is going up, up, and away. Move stuff. I gotta get things to where I need them to be. Uh, anyways, where was I? Yeah, it's just like you know, like every lawyer who works for Trump quits because he, they don't get paid. <laughs> and then there's always some sucker who's like, "I'll do it," <laughs> and then they don't get paid, and they're like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> it's like. That's on you at this point. If you didn't know that you weren't going to get paid by a guy who famously doesn't pay, pay people anything ever for services rendered, uh, then that's 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 on you uh, at this point, my man. Um, but like, goddamn, like uh, the agreement is that uh, Vince will pay you three million dollars to keep quiet about all the horrible things, and you have to sign this paperwork. Eh, all right. Well, it's not a ton of money but it's three millions uh that's a pretty good that's a pretty good number i could probably live pretty comfortably on that uh for the rest of my days okay and you get the first payout like wow cool all right a million dollars that's nice and then nothing ever comes again like wait but you said you were gonna oh you didn't know the rules yeah billionaires can do whatever the fuck they want they don't have to fucking do anything that they say they are going to do This lawsuit, this lawsuit is replete with lies, obscene made-up instances that never occurred, and a vindictive distortion of the truth. A spokes, it's a spokesperson for Vince McMahon, but I, I just imagine that all of his spokespeople just sound like him. Like he tells them, you know, he's a notorious micromanager, so he tells them exactly what to say and how to say it. And you're gonna talk like me. I don't know that that's true, but anyway. Uh, he will vigorously defend himself, said the spokesperson. TKO Group, an entertainment giant that was recently formed by the merger of WWE and the UFC Mixed Martial Arts League. Another quality league run by a quality human being who, wasn't that just like a year ago? That camera's caught him slapping the shit out of his wife in that, uh, I mean, he slapped her right across the face in public. These are bad people. <laughs> like, that's what he's, that's what he does in public. And so, yeah, there's this notion that it's like, ah, it was a one-time thing. He doesn't do that. Re-. Like, dude, if you're okay slapping your wife in public, I you definitely have done stuff behind closed doors that's far worse. That's, give me a fucking break. Two pieces of shit in the same piece of shit pod. Uh, where were we? TKO grew recently formed by the merger with WWE UFC. Said in a statement, while this matter predates our TKO executive team's tenure at the company, 
We take Ms. Grant's horrific allegations very seriously and are addressing the matter internally. Uh, well, you did such a great job the last time addressing things internally. I have no doubt you'll do another uh, bang-up job on this one. Jerry McDivitt, McMahon's attorney at the time, said in 2022 that the woman, whose name wasn't yet public, hadn't made any allegations of harassment in a statement when the Wall Street Journal first reported on McMahon's $3 million settlement. WWE said that the relationship was consensual and that it was taking seriously the allegations McMahon had engaged in misconduct. McMahon briefly retired from WWE July of 2022 following reporting by the journal that revealed payouts to multiple women who had alleged sexual misconduct. The journal reported that the board's independent directors had retained law firm Simpson, Th Simpson Thatcher and Bartlett to conduct an investigation. Uh, Simpson, or is it Thacker? Simpson Thacker. Simpson Thacker's investigation found $14.6 million in payments by the CEO to women who had accused him of sexual misconduct that should have been booked as business expenses. In November 2022, WWE said the board investigation was completed and the company restated past securities filings. McMahon repaid the company for the cost of the investigation and returned soon after. The lawsuit complicates the legal picture around 78-year-old McMahon. Federal prosecutors have been investigating the payouts, and in July 2023, agents executed a search warrant for McMahon's phone and served him with a grand jury subpoena. No charges have been brought. Uh, Throughout this experience, I have always denied any intentional wrongdoing and continue to do so. McMahon said in 2023 about the federal probe. I'm confident that the government's investigation will be resolved without any find findings of wrongdoing. And now it's time for the Royal Rumble. Locked office doors. The lawsuit filed in a Connecticut federal court describes in graphic detail Grant's account of interactions with the businessman and TV personality. She alleged that McMahon and another WWE executive locked her in an office in WWE's headquarters in Stamford, Connecticut on June 15, 2021 and took turns sexually assaulting her while other staff were working. In the middle of another workday on June 23, 2021, McMahon locked Grant inside his private locker room at WWE's offices and forced himself on her over a massage table, the suit said. Later that day, McMahon's personal assistant delivered $15,000 in Bloomingdale's gift cards to Grant in her office. Aww. Nothing says I love you. The suit also includes screenshots of explicit text messages that McMahon allegedly sent to Grant. A May 2020 message said, I'm the only one who owns you and controls who I want to fuck you. Ugh. Oh my god. <laughs> By the way, I'm reading this shit for the first time. Like, I know what it's like to be in a toxic work environment where, like, I know where the people that you work for are just, they're not the greatest people. They're not the nicest people. But also, they're not, like, completely unreasonable people, and they have never done anything like that. I can't, I, I know how shitty it is to work at a place where it's just not working, and... I mean, toxic, even if it's not toxic and it's just not a right fit, it sucks. 
But when it is toxic, and we've probably, I'm sure we've all had toxic work environment, you know, a shitty manager who uses uh, negative reinforcement and uh, manipulation and so forth to get you to do what needs to be done, whatever, whatever it might be. Uh, and I know how bad that feels. I can't even begin to imagine what, like, the feeling of that, of being allegedly raped by Vince McMahon in locked in his private locker room on a massage table while he is having his way with you and then a few hours later <laughs> his personal assistant brings you $15,000 in Bloomingdale's gift card who the fuck is Bloomingdale's is still in existence that still exists like okay i what is it next to Filene's and Steinbeck? Because I'm I, I haven't seen either of those three places. Not that I'm going to the mall that often, but anyway. Uh, and once again, I'm just going to read again the text. I'm the only one who owns. I'm the only one who owns you and controls who I want to fuck you. Oh my god! And to be that like this is why these people. This is why billionaires just shouldn't exist. It, somebody made a joke about like, once you get to a billion dollars, you get, uh, you know, an alarm goes off and says, congratulations, you've won capitalism. Just like that Tetris kid a few weeks ago, who, uh, the first kid, uh, well, the first kid that we know of is like a 13 year old kid who beat, uh, the classic, uh, NES, uh, Tetris from the eighties. Because his score was like, I don't know, 99999. I don't know how high, if it goes up to like 9999999 million or billion or whatever it is. He got to the point where it was all nines. And then the game just froze up because it didn't know what to do. Because <laughs> it wasn't programmed to be beaten. Because <laughs> nobody nobody's ever beaten Tetris. Except for this kid. Uh, 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 uh. What was the point of me saying that? I had a point to that. Um, yeah, that's what should happen when you get to when you get to the nine hundred ninety nine million nine hundred ninety nine thousand. When you get to that point, uh, you, we yeah, you say here you go, you've made it, and uh, you've made it to the closest you can be to being a billionaire, and. Uh, You'll always have that nine hundred ninety-nine million in change, um, but anything, any uh, amount that would put you in the billionaire uh, status is gonna go to fucking uh, I don't know, curing children's uh, cancer, making sure kids all have uh, food and a home, uh, rescuing animals, uh, feed the seals or whatever the things all those some some good noble worthy thing you know stuff that billionaires hate um because to imagine like to have the audacity to to do those things and then text the per like it's bad enough like having to go to work and you don't like it and the boss sucks and the boss rapes you that is unimaginable it's unimaginable. I don't. I don't know. I can't. I cannot properly conceive of what that would feel like in any way. Um, I can take a guess, and it's it's all in the category of not very good. Um, 
as I, you know, I try to sort of make light of it with sarcasm because it's like, it's so, such horrendous things to talk about. Uh, oh, and by the way, I didn't finish the thing earlier. I was talking about on that Vince McMahon DVD, Stephanie and Triple H were on there talking about Vince McMahon's uh, unrivaled competitive spirit. And the story that they told was about how they were at the, the vacation house in Palm Beach and they were playing a friendly game of pool, like Triple H, Stephanie, Vince, maybe Shane, I don't know. Um, Vince lost. <laughs> it might have been Vince and Linda against Triple H and Stephanie or Vince and Shane against Triple Either way, Vince lost the pool uh, matchup. The billiard, they played a little game of billiards. He lost. And they were talking about how, like, he broke the stick over his knee or something, and he threw a fucking fit. And he didn't talk to them for, like, a day. He went to the other side of the house and was just screaming and yelling. And he wouldn't talk to his own daughter and son-in-law because he was so pissed that they beat him. Like, that's not... There's competitive spirit, and then there's, oh my god, you fucking psychopath. What is wrong with you? You need help. But, you know, that's just good old, good old competitive Vince. He just loves to compete so much. Just like fucking uh, another known sociopath, Tom Brady, <laughs> who does not seem to be anywhere near the level of, uh, like, he's seen, by all accounts, he seems like, a, I guess, an okay guy. He's just fucking weird. He's just a fucking weird dude. Um... He talks like a fucking robot. Like, nobody... The way he talks, nobody talks about that. Like, I haven't heard people talk the way he talks since, like, elementary school. Like, the kids on the football team, you know. We're talking about, like, I just, you know, I just love competing. And uh, I just I just want to uh, do what's best for the team. And be a competitor. And be a great champion. And have the opportunity to compete at the highest level. And we're going to win. It's just, like, all this... Just none. It's just nothing. Saying a whole lot of nothing. That's what. Tom, anyway, Tom Brady's a weird guy, but he played uh, golf again. One of the best golfers. I don't know if it was against Rory or somebody a few years ago, and he lost. And he didn't talk to anybody for the rest of the day because he was so mad that he lost. Like that's that's a mental health issue. I know. Like we look like if he didn't have those issues, like there probably wouldn't be any talk of him being the greatest quarterback of all time and winning seven Super Bowl rings. And that's the reason why nobody else has that record because nobody, even the most competitive, like nobody's like that. Only a small handful. Um. Anyway. So yeah, and by the way, <laughs> that uh, that story reminds me. After the Royal, it seems Royal Rumble time is when is is a bad time of the year for Vince McMahon, uh, because. The 2006 Royal Rumble, which was in Miami, and I remember because I watched it in Orlando, um, uh, the Miami Royal Rumble, there was uh, a story that came out, like, after the Royal Rumble, Vince stayed at, you know, went up to his place in Palm Beach, stayed at his place, and uh, had, like, a masseuse come, uh, some, there was some, uh, you know, some no-no behavior going on with Vince. And that story also kind of got buried. So it's like, dude, yeah. 
I, I remember Vince McMahon on Howard Stern talking about how he one time and only one time cheated on his wife and she was mad and then she forgave him and then blah, blah, blah. And, uh, I remember thinking like just the one time, like, I don't, I feel like you either, you're going to, you're going to cheat or you're not. And if you do, I feel like it's, that's not to say that it's uh, not a one time for, for, uh, it might be. Some people might do it once and say, oh my God, I'm the worst person on the planet. I'll never do it again. I feel like that's not always the case though. And especially with somebody like Vince McMahon, who's in such a position of power and money and everything else and fame. That the notion of like, oh, Vince McMahon only cheated on his wife one time. And it was before he became like super famous and super rich and all that. And then you hear all this stuff, and it's like, yeah, that's more like what I thought it was. <laughs> Maybe he meant I haven't. I've only cheated on my wife once this morning before I came in for this six a.m. Howard's turn interview. <laughs> it was just the one time since midnight last night. Oh my god. Anyway, uh, yeah. Grant alleged that McMahon shared nude photos and explicit videos of her without consent. Oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Just the audacity of, like, to be able to, to to do these things. And then to be able to, like, text somebody who's already feeling like shit. And the Bloomingdale's... Like, what's... What, what, like, that's another fucking deliberate dick maneuver. Like, $15,000, that's like me giving... Uh, you know, a nickel to somebody and being like, sorry about the rape. Here's my pocket change. Um, and then what is she going to do? She's going to go to Bloomingdale's and spend $15,000 so that she can have, uh, a nice, uh, wardrobe that will always remind her of being raped by Vince McMahon. Like, what are you like? Uh, all right. Uh, oh my goodness. Again, I'm reading this article for the first time. It s seems to just get worse. Grant alleged that Vince McMahon, that McMahon shared nude photos and explicit videos of her. Oh yeah, but to, but to do that is one thing, and the gift cards, that's that's another, that's like a slap in the face. And then to sit, to text and be like, um, I own you, and I'm going to fuck you, and anyone who I want to fuck you is going to fuck you, and whatever. Like, oh my god. Like, you, sir, are the devil himself. I have no doubt. Or you sold your soul. I mean, I remember Shimo and I used to joke about that all the time. Like, like Vince McMahon has gotten away with everything. He has, he has come out, not just, like, he's like Andy Dufresne of horrible things. Crawled through the miles of shit and came out a clean man on the other side. Like, that's Vince McMahon. Steroid trials, rape stuff, payouts, fucking Owen Hart dying in the middle of the ring because of stupid fucking high wire stunt bullshit that should never have happened in the first place. Uh, it's just so many things. Like, he almost being put out of business by WCW. Like, whatever it is, he has. He has been against the ropes, seemingly seconds away from, like, 
ironically enough, a TKO, a technical knock, like just being knocked out. I, I say that because that's the name of the the holding company of, of all that stuff, WWE, UFC, whatever, TKO, Holdings Group, whatever it is. Um, he has, on so many occasions, you know, he's he, he gets, uh, what is it? He gets knocked down, uh, whatever, you know what I'm trying to say. He, he gets back up. <laughs> he gets back up every time. Um, and better and richer and <laughs> more successful and more powerful than before. These horrible things that happen that he does to himself or that happen to him or whatever it may be, it just it only fuels him. He give it just makes him more powerful somehow. Um, but you start to see like why and how they ousted Vince McMahon in the first place. He muscled his way back into power, orchestrated the sale of the company. And, and while that was happening, he was pretty much back to running WWE. Even though he, I think he was only in person at that one Monday Night Raw the night after WrestleMania, which was a terrible Monday Night Raw. It had Vince's grubby fingerprints all over it. It was a horrible episode of Raw. Completely took the wind out of uh, the sails of anything you know if you were if you were flying high from the enjoyment of WrestleMania Saturday and to a lesser extent WrestleMania Sunday man when you got to the end of that Monday night raw it was like okay back to the same stupid shit yay and uh and it's interesting just to see how like they've they've gone to great lengths to keep Vince McMahon out of power any influence, any, you know, like, here you are, you're one of the richest people on the planet, go and do whatever the fuck you want to do, just stay away from WWE. But he keeps coming back, he keeps coming back, keeps coming back. Uh, and, uh, and, and you really see, because it's like, obviously, we know what we read in the Wall Street Journal or anywhere else or in the news. And, uh, <laughs> um, you, you have to imagine, like, what his closest allies or non-allies, the, the people who are in his inner circle, whether that's his family, his in-laws, his friends, his his own children, whatever, the things that they have to know. And when you see how much they have tried to keep Vince McMahon out of, you know, like literally just out of WWE, like out of the arena, out of the backstage area, out of the office, out of whatever. Just go count your money, dude. You you did it. You're done. You win. You got what you want. You got your money. Go buy. Um. You 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 get a, a much better understanding of why they were were trying so hard to keep Vince McMahon out of any of this. I'm sure there were a lot of people who probably didn't even want Vince to be at the the stock market thing the other day, but you know as we know Vince. Probably not somebody who takes uh, to hearing the word "no, you can't." The words "no, you can't" very well. Anyway, Grant alleged that McMahon shared nude photos and explicit videos of her without consent with other WWE employees, unnamed executives and stars, and directed her to have sex with them. The suit cited a July 2020 text. That said, others at WWE wanted to have sex with her after seeing photos on McMahon's phone. Uh, 
And the group laughed when he told them she may scream and try to say no, although it would be difficult to say anything with a cock down her throat. Cool. What a fucking... I mean, on the one hand, like, I'm usually good at spotting people who are fucking scumbags. And uh, Vince has seemed to be one of those people for long before I knew any of the, you know any of this stuff was out. And it's not like, oh, I have this very special sixth sense of... Like, anybody who could look at Vince McMahon and hear, like, a handful of stories about him that are, you know, not necessarily illegal or anything like that. And just, you know, you get the, like, just the way that he does business. Like, he is a ruthless businessman. He's just a ruthless person in all aspects of his life. And uh, he's just, you know... How evil was he 40 years ago when he bought the company from his dad? I, I don't know. Probably not as evil as he is now. But then he would, you know, money and power, typically they tend to not make you a better person than you were before. So if you're already kind of a shady character, um, yeah. <laughs> you're not, you're not going to turn into like a great humanitarian when you get to your first billion. Oh my gosh. She may scream and try to say no, although it would be difficult to say anything with a cock down her throat. Grant alleged the board investigation was a sham. She wasn't interviewed by the board's special committee. Yeah, isn't that interesting? WWE's internal investigation favored <laughs> the guy who owned the company. Oh, that's crazy. She wasn't interviewed by the board's special committee, and it didn't request documents, even though she said she would cooperate, the lawsuit said. It alleged that the company diverted attention away from McMahon's abuse by focusing on the accounting for the payouts. Payouts. <laughs> oh my god. Others at WWE knew about McMahon's misconduct but worked to conceal the wrongdoing, according to the suit. Jeff Speed, a former WWE board member who co-led the board's investigation, said Thursday that he remained confident in the investigation which included outreach to Grant and engagement with her lawyer. He highlighted that McMahon left the company during the investigation. While recognizing the horrific nature of the allegations in today's lawsuit, I am not at liberty to comment on what was and was not learned during our investigation, Speed said in a statement. Um, McMahon, who was the controlling shareholder of WWE, returned to WWE in early 2023, elected himself to the board, and replaced several directors. Upon his return, I mean, it was a coup. Like, he, <laughs> he he muscled his way back into the WWE. This crazy stuff, man. Upon his return, he negotiated the sale of WWE to Endeavor Group, owner of UFC. The deal created TKO Group and, and gave WWE an enterprise value of $9.3 billion. McMahon is now executive chairman and a major shareholder of TKO. This week, next... Netflix bought the rights to WWE Raw and other WWE shows in a deal valued at more than $5 billion. McMahon celebrated by ringing the opening bell with other TKO executives at the New York Stock Exchange. In its statement, TKO said McMahon doesn't control TKO, nor does he oversee the day-to-day -day operations of WWE. Shares of TKO slipped less than 1% Thursday's trading. Ann Callis, a lawyer for Grant, said WWE is well aware of McMahon's history of depraved behavior and it's time they take responsibility for the misconduct of its leadership. She said her client hopes the lawsuit will prevent other women from being 
victimized. Grant's lawsuit alleged she met McMahon in March 2019 after an introduction introduction from a manager in her apartment building. McMahon lived in the penthouse of the same building, and Grant was looking for a job after her parents had died. When they met, McMahon allegedly made promises of a job at WWE and showered Grant with gifts. During meetings, they were supposed to be about the job. He greeted her in his underwear and repeatedly asked for hugs. Then the suit said he pressured her into sexual activities in return for employment and warned her to stay quiet about their interactions. Yikes. Grant began working in June 2019 as administrator administrator coordinator, a position McMahon created for her in WWE's legal department. She said she expressed concerns that the job felt unearned. But McMahon, McMahon told her that all she needed to do was not tell anyone and that it just has to look legit. Colleagues complained about overflowing inboxes, but Grant had little work. Meanwhile, McMahon allegedly sent her ex- sexually explicit messages and his sexual demands increased. He forcefully used sex toys on her, Jesus, including dildos he named after WWE wrestlers. Oh my god. Yeah, I I can I could see that. Uh, causing her bruising and bleeding, the suit said. Grant alleged that she complained to McMahon and made attempts to end the relationship. In March 2020, McMahon began sharing sexually explicit photographs and videos of Grant with other men, including other WWE executives and a former UFC heavyweight champion with whom WWE was actively trying to sign a new contract, according to the suit. Hmm... That could be anybody. Let's see. Former UFC champion, major WWE star, who was they were trying to re-sign in 2020. I mean, sure, all of that points directly to Brock Lesnar, but that doesn't mean it is. Just because nobody else fits that description doesn't mean it's Brock Lesnar. Just because he wrestled uh, in the Royal Rumble in 2020 and then uh, lost the title to Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania during the pandemic and then we didn't see him for a year and a half after that and thought that maybe he really was done and then all of a sudden he comes back in 2021 um, and, and it all this all fits the description of former UFC champion and somebody who was leaving the company that they were trying to renegotiate it could be anybody. It could be anybody. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. And by the way, that's the other thing. That that Dark Side of the Ring episode that I've talked about in this podcast. Where they were talking about the plane ride from hell back in 2002. Which Brock Lesnar was on that too. He almost... I mean, of all the terrible things that happened. Those two idiots, Brock Lesnar and Kurt Hennig. Mr. Perfect. Uh, a couple of Minnesota guys, they were having a legitimate wrestling match in the aisles of the plane and slamming each other against the, you know, the emergency. Like, can you imagine? Like, every major wrestler was on that plane, pretty much. Like, Stone Cold was on that plane. The Undertaker, Hall, Nash, Vince McMahon, Jim Ross, uh, Stephanie McMahon. uh, 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 Yeah, uh, Mr. Perfect, Brock Lesnar, uh, Goldust, Ric Flair, Rob Van Dyke, like all these guys were on this plane. Um, It didn't happen. Obviously, the plane didn't crash. 
but the 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 that episode was about like yeah Ric Flair and we knew in in 2002 uh, the reports that I had read back when that happened was that Ric Flair was was running around with his robe and nothing else on underneath his robe which is pretty gross but it's like ah uh, but it, you know I guess if he's covered up it's just weird it's not fully inappropriate if he's cut and then you realize that he's like you know pinning this flight attendant against the wall and doing the helicopter penis thing that i guess he's known for doing i guess is that i guess that's space mountain jesus christ it's so gross man uh and of course of course it's happening uh in the time that i am like the most into WWE's product that I have been in 20 years. Uh, I mean, uh, I guess the good side, the, the positive that is Vince McMahon's going to die eventually. <laughs> and he can't do anything after that. Uh, um, Uh, begin, uh, explosive photographs and videos of Grant with other men, including WWE executives and former UFC heavyweight champion with whom WWE was actually trying to sign a new contract. Huh. According to the suit, in a May 2020 encounter, McMahon... Oh, my God. You know how earlier I was talking about how wouldn't it be funny if McMahon was the one taking a shit in all those bags and luggage and purses and hats and shoes and all that stuff, he was the one pissing and shitting in everybody's personal effects, but just like maybe he was kicking back, uh, you know, a few bonus payments to, uh, Davy boy Smith and Kurt Henning and, uh, you know, any of these quote unquote pranksters, uh, to cover his wrongdoings up. Well, Oh, this thing, this this article ain't getting any better. So uh, here we go. In a May 2020 encounter, McMahon defecated on her head during a threesome. The suit said, "Like the threesome? Who was the third person? Because we know Vince McMahon. We know that this um, Grant woman." Uh, hmm. I mean, are we, are we saying that Vince, dude, there's no way, like a threes, I can't imagine. Ugh, I don't even want to talk about it. I don't even want to speculate on who the third was in that. I, I would say if they mention UFC champion and this threesome in the same paragraph, you know, connect the dots, I guess. Or even worse, it was John Laurinaitis, who was like the head of uh, stuff, talent relations, I think, at the time. And uh, and he's a piece of shit, too. But he he was like the fall guy uh, last year. Like, they've, they canned his ass for all the Vince McMahon stuff. And, which is good. They should have. But, like, Vince, as Lance Storm said in an interview... Well, I love Lance Storm. He seems to be on the right side of everything. And he was saying, like, yeah, if that's true, he, McMahon, uh, shouldn't have his keys to the office. He shouldn't be allowed in the building ever again for any reason. He shouldn't be allowed backstage. He shouldn't be allowed at any WWE events. 
He, you know, he should be completely, he should have no say in anything, you know, all that stuff. Um, so instead they just did that to John Laurinaitis, which good. He's a fucking piece of shit. But the fact that Vince just kind of was like, eh, all right, I'll go away for a little bit and then I'm going to come back and run WWE again and, uh, and orchestrate this sale. And like, either way, this, this isn't a poor John Laurinaitis statement this is a good riddance to john laurinaitis why <clears throat> why can't vince uh follow him out the door and I, th- I think i think pretty much that's what's happening or has happened or will happen or i don't know uh so yeah so he took a shit on this girl during a threesome which is uh, no words uh, her mental and physical health deteriorated so badly that McMahon sent her in November to a celebrity doctor for sessions at an alternative clinic where she never received any receipts or bills. McMahon also paid $20,000 to a surgeon on her behalf, the suit said. <laughs> McMahon recruited people to have sex with Grant as well, including WWE's former head of talent relations, John Laurinaitis, who was named as a defendant in the suit. McMahon directed her to visit Laurinaitis at his hotel rooms where she had sex with Laurinaitis prior to the start ugh prior to the start of work days like it's hard it's depressing enough getting up in the morning if you know you have to go to a job that you hate an environment that is horrible people you don't want to like and to add like hey yeah I got to do all that too but first I have to stop by this disgusting piece of shit's hotel room and have sex with him. I've left that hotel feeling bad about myself every time, Grant told McMahon. Really? I wonder why. In May 2021, McMahon allegedly told Grant that her presence in the legal department was holding up the hiring of a new general counsel for the company and thus transferred her to the talent relations department. Reporting to, yes, John Laurinaitis. McMahon and Laurinaitis started her in a lower-level position, but promised that she would soon be promoted to vice president, the suit said. McMahon controlled her professional and personal lives, subjected her to degradation, according to the suit. In the June 2021 encounter inside WWE office, the suit said McMahon and Laurinaitis forced themselves on her and took turns restraining her for the other, while saying no means yes and take it, bitch. Oh my god. Laurinaitis, a former wrestler known as Johnny Ace and a longtime WWE executive, left the company in 2022. Laurinaitis hasn't publicly commented on his departure. Laurinaitis didn't respond Thursday to request for comment. In July 2021, the suit said. McMahon instructed Grant to create personalized sexual content for a WWE superstar that he was trying to re-sign. Again, who who on earth would be such a coveted WWE superstar that they would do anything and everything, including going above and beyond a ridiculous amount of money to send personal porn made by a woman against her will, basically, uh, which is why it's a sex trafficking case, 
Uh, yeah, who could this who could this top name superstar be that WWE has bent over backwards to acquire and retain over the last twenty years and put him in such a position that he is dominant over all other superstars. He is treated. Uh, differently from everybody, he is given beyond preferential treatment. And and now they're having somebody make personal porn for the guy to try and lure him back. Who could it be? Who could it be? And he was a UFC champion. Who could this be? It could be anybody. <clears throat> the suit didn't name the professional wrestler, but described him as both a UFC fighter and WWE talent. People familiar with the matter identified the wrestler as, I hope you're sitting down for this bombshell, Brock Lesnar. Yeah. One of WWE's biggest names. The only person who could fit all of these descriptions. <laughs> the only one who could possibly fit into this, uh, into this picture that's being painted. Of a UFC WWE megastar, like, yeah, and oddly enough, Lesnar didn't respond Thursday to request for comment. The suit said McMahon shared the explicit photos with the star and informed Grant that he likes what he sees. Oh my God! After the star agreed to a new WWE contract, McMahon texted Grant in August. After the oh my god! After the star agreed to a new WWE contract, McMahon texted Grant in August of 2021 to say that part of the deal was fucking you. Uh, that December, McMahon gave Grant's personal cell phone number to the WWE star. The lawsuit said the wrestler asked her to send a video of herself urinating. The suit said. And after she did, he called her a bitch. I mean, I'm I'm filling in these swear words. I I you know, maybe he called her a butthole, but I it, it's B dash and like C dash and F dash. I'm filling it in. I don't think there are too many other options for what these censored words are. Call her a bitch. That same month, the suit said the star expressed a desire to quote set a play date. But a snowstorm disrupted his travel plans. Oh, what a shame. In January 2022, the suit said McMahon told Grant that his wife, Linda McMahon, had discovered the relationship and he pressured Grant to sign an NDA in exchange for payments. The CEO warned Grant of reputational ruin that included pornographic content he had of her. He paid her about $1 million in February and later stopped making the payments. What a guy. After Grant signed the NDA, McMahon continued the abuse, according to the suit. It alleged that he forced Grant to perform oral sex on him the last time they met, and then attempted to traffic her to the WWE star in March 2022. She texted the star explicit photos as directed by McMahon, but they didn't meet, the suit said. The lawsuit seeks a judgment that the NDA is invalid under state and federal law and compensatory and punitive damages under other laws, including the Trafficking Victims Protection Act. Uh, Joe Palazzolo and Ted Mann contributed to this article. Again, it was uh, Khadija Seftar. Uh, 
Wall Street Journal. Yeah, that's some that's some pretty fucked up shit. <laughs> Not laughing because it's fu- it's like what what else? What can you do? That's what I do in these scenarios. I laugh because it's so insane. It's just like what the fuck. And uh, I'm sure it won't be long before the mouth breather uh, incel fucking. I don't know. Dickheads come out of the woodwork. They already have. There was one guy claiming to be a doctor and talking about how he worked for Vince McMahon for two years. And there's no way that that sweet gentleman who treated my wife and children and myself so, so well, he was such a graceful man, a gentleman. I, I, and I'm a doctor, and I would know this just by looking at him. I found no indication of a sexual predator. Just because he's... <laughs> just because he's paid millions and millions and millions of dollars to keep these people's mouths shut, uh, and also paid millions of dollars to keep... Uh, that's, that's, a, that's a tasteless joke. I'm not, go, I'm not going to do that. That's terrible. Uh... Doesn't but the way he treated just me personally means that he could not possibly treat another human being anywhere ever poorly. It's like you know there are people. Most people treat everybody differently just based on their relationship. Uh so yeah. So like the story kind of went away before because that was all we knew it was like okay, Vince McMahon. He's having sex with women who are not his wife and he's paying them off and making them sign non-disclosure agreements so that this all stays hush-hush. And at that time, it's like, okay, well, he's a scumbag, but it's, you know, but you say like, well, not like he, it's not like he raped her. Or shit on her during a threesome that she did not want to partake in. Or uh, negotiated Brock Lesnar's return based on whether or not he would be able to have sex with her. And by the way, Brock Lesnar... (laughs) uh, Wrestlers are such scumbags. Like, of a certain age particularly. I mean, like, Hulk Hogan is a racist piece of shit. Brock Lesnar is just like an all-around piece of shit. Like I've never I've never seen any evidence that Brock Lesnar is even like a remotely good person. All I've seen evidence that he is a great wrestler. Obviously, he's a great athlete, a great UFC fighter. He was a champion, all that stuff. Uh not not a particularly good Minnesota Viking. But, you know, <laughs> he's He's given me, like, he doesn't do a lot of interviews. He doesn't do a lot of talking, period, at least not in public. But anytime I've seen anything that gives us a glimpse into his personality, I just kind of look at him and I say, uh, yeah, that guy's a piece of shit. Like, I don't know if it was last year or a couple of years ago. Everybody, every so often I see this video clip. And they're like, oh, a wholesome Brock Lesnar is my favorite Brock Lesnar. He's such a sweetheart. 
and he comes out and there's this little kid and Brock Lesnar's wearing that dopey cowboy hat and he takes off his dopey cowboy hat and he puts it on the kid's head and like high five, like thumbs up and the kid's so excited. And then Brock Lesnar just like yanks it off his head. He's like, give me that's my hat, you know, or something like he's like, he just like yanks it off the kid's head. He's like, give me that. And I'm like, what a dick. Like, this kid doesn't know what's going on. He just thinks, like, wow, Brock Lesnar just gave me his hat. Brock Lesnar, multi-multi-millionaire, could easily just go get a new hat. And he gave me his hat. And then he comes back and just, like, yanks it off the kid's head. Oh, he's such a wholesome, wonderful guy. What a nice fellow. <laughs> just like all those times Bret Hart would take off his uh, patented uh, trademarks, Bret Hart sunglasses... And uh, put them on the head of uh, a yucky, uh, yucky, a lucky youngster at ringside. And then after the match, he would come over and rip him off the kid's head and say, fuck you, kid. Oh, yeah, that's right. He didn't do that. He just gave the fucking glasses to the kid. Because he's not a... Uh, Bret Hart could very... Uh, Bret Hart was one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. He could very well be a, like, a, a scumbag in his own right, but... He's not as big of a scumbag as Brock Lesnar. You you, you kind of you kind of have to feel that like wrestlers, particularly over a certain age, because they all like you can't survive in a business that's just made up of scumbags by being you know just a just a nice easy going person. So you have to like you know it it make it might make scumbags out of otherwise nice people, but I don't know. I, f- I would be I would be devastated to find that Bret Hart ever did anything wrong ever in his life. He is he's wonderful. He's an angel sent to earth to entertain us with sharpshooters and side Russian leg sweeps. Uh what was I I was just about to type something in and look for uh oh yeah, Brock Lesnar uh kid Hat. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to come move. Brock Lesnar takes his hat away from a baby. Okay. I mean, yeah, it's it's a fucking... It is a baby. Let's see. It's a little baby. It's a baby. It's a tiny little baby. And he puts the hat on the kid's head. And everybody's like, yeah, the kid's so cute. And then he's got like this pissed off look on his face as he yanks the hat off the kid. Because I don't think Brock Lesnar knows how to be anything but a complete piece of shit. That's just... Like, Brock Lesnar is probably more wild animal than he is human. Where he, like, doesn't even know, like, how terrible of a person he is. That would be my guess. I just... You know, this guy's been on my TV for over 20 years. And I've seen no indication that he's, like, even a remotely decent fellow. I don't know. <laughs> and uh yeah, I mean it's a it's a sleazy business. It's gotten certainly less uh, sle- uh sleazy I feel like in a lot of ways. I feel like the the wrestlers of today are better just as far as like the the content of their character uh compared to the previous generations. Um so yeah, I don't know. It's uh, so, okay. 
So Vince McMahon had sex with this woman many times, trafficked her to Brock Lesnar. And as I was just saying to a friend earlier, I feel just like in a lot of scenarios, particularly ones like this, I feel like we've got to be just kind of, uh, the boat is just sailing past the very tippity tip of the iceberg. And, and we're all looking at it and pointing like, wow, that is a fucking scumbag iceberg tip. But I'm glad that what's below the sea level is, uh, is okay. No, there's a big fucking block of shit that uh, eventually is going to be revealed. I, I can't imagine for somebody this prominent... To, to, and to have involved other employees, other wrestlers, other executives in this, you know, raping and trafficking of this woman. And is this the first and only time that this has ever happened? Who knows? But, like, seems like he's pretty good at it. Well, that's a bad... <laughs> he's he's pretty good at being... Like, there's there are a few people who are better at being a complete piece of shit than Vince McMahon. Um, his best friend, the orange man is, is high on that list. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of them out there, but Vince McMahon has like his own special brand, just like, just as with everything, Vince McMahon has been successful because he has differentiated his product from all the others, all the other wrestling territories in the eighties, the other wrestling promotions like ECW and WCW in the nineties, uh, he has uh, he has plowed through all of them and left them in his wake and then purchased them for pennies on the dollar and uh and it's because he made a product that nobody else had even the other wrestling products couldn't compete and still can't compete with WWE it is a global juggernaut at this point and it is a it is differentiated so much it's so recognizable and uh, clearly Vince McMahon, not only in the business world, but in his personal life, he has differentiated himself from all of other scumbags by being just a special, unique kind of scumbag that few others have the scumbag guts to fucking do. But it takes a true scumbag to really do some of this shit that, uh, alleged shit, that, uh, including shit, shitting on a human... Oh my God! I, it's it's like just the thought the thought of like being anywhere near Vince McMahon. Like you know how sometimes you just look at somebody and you think that they they look like they smell. <laughs> uh, my wife my wife thinks that about John Hamm, and uh, yeah, John Hamm may be a little question. I don't I don't know what he's like. He seems like he. From what I've heard, Don Draper and John Hamm are not very different from one another but uh that's only what i've heard that's just hearsay i suppose um but we watched the season of fargo and john ham was fantastic at it. boy oh boy talk about a scumbag character god damn uh and actually now that i think about it uh i won't spoil anything if you haven't watched the new season of fargo and if you haven't it's on fx hulu whatever go watch it it's great watch all the seasons I'm sure even the Chris Rock season of Fargo is pretty good, but what I saw of it was boring. Uh, so we turned it off, but eh. 
Um, but the ending uh, that John Ham John Ham gets a, 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 the most fitting ending that, that probably could have uh, come to a character so horrible as the one that John Ham plays in this show. Um, and now that I think about it, like yeah, that should be. That should be the fate of Vince McMahon and John Laurinaitis and Brock Lesnar and anybody else who had anything to do with this shit. But like, then you then you start to look. It, like when I say tip of the iceberg, it's because it's like, okay, well Vince isn't really part of WWE so much anymore, so that's good. But like as I was saying earlier, there are a lot of efforts made to make him not be part of WWE in the way that he had been part of WWE for the previous 40 years. Um, so the notion that, uh, you know, when you start talking, <laughs> when you start talking about who knows what and plausible deniability, like how plausible is the deniability of somebody like a triple H who is married to Vince's daughter? Like, is Triple H just, like, reading these? Like, what? My father-in-law? This, this is preposterous. I never knew any such thing. <laughs> but then, like, it's like, okay. I, I, yeah, he's he's been uh, in that inner circle for a long, long time. Uh, and then you look at, like, John Cena. And... I, I, I look at John Cena and like right after the first sort of uh, round of allegations came out to in twenty summer of 2022 about Vince and the payouts and the NDAs and all that stuff and the sex. And uh, what was it like the next day or a couple days later, uh, John Cena spotted having dinner with Vince McMahon. And the quote was something along the lines of we all... We all make mistakes or we all do silly things or something like that. And again, okay, back then, maybe maybe John Cena only knew of Vince McMahon as just having a, a number of extramarital affairs uh, that he paid hefty sums to keep quiet because he didn't want to damage his reputation and maybe didn't want to damage his marriage or whatever the case may be. And you could say, like, yeah, maybe that's all John Cena knew about and... You know, when you're when you're really close with somebody, it's very hard, no matter what, to just sort of like sever those ties immediately. John Cena wouldn't be where he is today and doing what he is today without Vince McMahon. And then you have to think like, well, John Cena is like, you know, he's sort of, you know, fading out on his on his wrestling career. He wrestled. He's wrestled at least one match every year since 2002 when Cena made his uh, his WWE debut. Uh, but now he's he's starting to wind down. And just the other day, there was a thing about how like he's he's 47. Probably by the by about the time I get to be 50, I should be pretty much I would say done with my wrestling career. And he's uh you know he's doing the Hollywood thing and all that, but uh, <laughs> like. You gotta wonder during those times when John Cena wasn't around, or maybe was going in the direction of like The Rock and Batista, where 
yeah, we might not see John Cena for a long, long time. We might just get John Cena once every few years. And it's not for a match or any kind of storyline, but just a fun little cameo appearance where he he goes back and forth with somebody for 10 minutes on the microphone and hits a finishing maneuver and everybody goes home happy. Um, So you start to wonder, like, I mean, he's like Brock Lesnar's a top guy. And there aren't many top guys who are more towards the top than Brock Lesnar. But if there were, John Cena would be one of them. Where it would be like, you know, if you could, Vince McMahon could choose only one of those people, uh, he would, I would think he would choose John Cena. Um, so that makes me wonder, like, uh, again, speculation. But when something this major is going on with the owner of a company who has a very close relationship with all of his top stars, um, you know, and, and up until only the last year or so would deal with them personally, like, you know, all the wrestlers known for like flying them up to his house and sitting by the pool and talking shop and signing a contract and all that. Like Vince only, only until recent years when, you know, Triple H and others would would take on uh, more more responsibility and have more power within the company and more influence, and then they would start you know infl- uh, meeting with the wrestlers more. But like it's pretty much always been Vince. Like the the buck stops with Vince. Every th- I, I was mentioning Vince Russo and Ed Ferrara leaving WWF to go to WCW back in 1999, and a lot of people thinking like, oh man, this is it. WCW is going to come back strong and and destroy WWF. This is the worst mistake that Vince McMahon ever made letting these two go. And then, and then a year and a half later, Vince McMahon owns WCW. (laughs) And it's because those two idiots went over there and wrote whatever shit they wanted to write, put themselves on TV as characters. I think Vince Russo even won the WCW title at one point. It was unwatchable. And that's because there was nobody like a Vince McMahon to keep them in check. Anyways, the point of all of this, Vince McMahon has very close relationships with the people he who work for him. His executives, his 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 wrestlers, uh particularly the top ones, but it's it's kind of a known thing like uh you know, people text Vince and he texts them back like even if it's in the middle of the night, all this stuff like so you st- and, and Vince has like often been referred to as like one of the boys. He's just one of the guys. He likes to go out and have a steak and have drinks and have fun and you know dick around with the fellas and all that. And uh, it's like, so you're telling me <laughs> that nobody else knew any of this stuff except for Vince, Laurinaitis, Brock, maybe a couple other people inside the inner circle, and nobody else? Like, John Cena had no idea of any of this stuff? Undertaker is just shocked and appalled by, you know. Uh, Yeah, that's going to be... I feel like this is the day that of, of all the eras or all the events or days or things that have happened in the past that have changed the landscape of pro wrestling, which is an overused phrase because they used to all the, every week it seemed like on, you know, in the scripted world of, of wrestling on either company show every week, 
whether it was Eric Bischoff, whether it was Vince McMahon, whoever it was, every week, oh, tune in next week, a monumental announcement that will shake the very foundation of this business forever. And then it's like, I don't know. <laughs> Jerry the King Lawler is back. <laughs> oh, by the way, Jerry the King Lawler, speaking of Jerry the King Lawler, uh, he was supposed to wrestle in the 1993 Survivor Series uh, with his knights against Bret Hart and the Hart Brothers. And uh, at the last minute, had to be replaced with Shawn Michaels um, because Jerry the King Lawler was uh, having sex with underage girls, also known as statutory rape. You could also just call it rape. <laughs> um, and he was gone for a few months, came back at WrestleMania 10, and he's been, for the most part, he's been back with the company ever since. A brief hiatus in 2001 where his wife got fired and he walked out in solidarity with her and they have been divorced for many years, so that was a great decision. Um, but anyway, yeah, Lawler, uh, yeah, he's, uh, like, do you think, you think Jerry Lawler and Vince McMahon, like, why, why is Jerry Lawler, he's been employed for so long, he's got to know where some of the bodies are buried, so to speak, or maybe literally. Uh, I It's just the, the notion that there's only a very, very small handful of people who, whether within Vince's inner circle or on the edges of it or just in his, uh, in his gravitational pull, in his orbit... Uh, that only a few of them would have known only small bits and pieces of this story is completely fucking, it's a completely farcical call. It's just fucking it, bullshit. Uh, that's a joke. Like, uh, Stephanie, Triple H, Shane, Cena, Rock probably to some degree, Undertaker, Lesnar obviously. Uh, like, I, I, I find it very hard to believe that this isn't, you know, there's so many things in wrestling where it's like, again, back to like the pranksters of Mr. Perfect and the British Bulldog. Uh, they were pranksters. Yeah, they would take a shit in everybody's things and piss all over their face while they were sleeping. And, you know, it's like, okay, we just accept these things as being like fun little pranks. And there was just so much bullying going on. And all this, like, hazing and all these childish things. And you're like, why doesn't Vince, like, stop this shit from happening? It's like, oh, because probably these are all Vince's ideas. Because he's, like, the ringleader of the bullying and the shittiness uh, in the WWE. So, I don't know, man. And then there's the weird... Uh, I gotta find this clip. And I remember, I remember this, too, from years ago. I don't remember the, the storyline or anything, but uh, let's see. Can I find that clip of Stephanie? It shouldn't be too hard. It's only everywhere. Yeah, this was, uh, I don't know. This was probably a long time ago. It was probably like 2003, four somewhere in there. I don't, I don't know. Um, and it, Stephanie just summarized the entire case happening with Vince McMahon. It's shocking that they're mentioned. Uh, this person can't spell anything, but uh, let's... Hold on, hold on. This is this was part of a wrestling storyline, but it's really fucking weird. You know, Dad, I'm sorry. Also, Stephanie McMahon is a terrible actor, and this this seems like this is pretty good acting, which makes me think: is it 100% acting? Hmm. I'm sorry that all my life I've 
let you manipulate me and use me. By the way, this is Stephanie McMahon, Vince's daughter, who was an on... These are... They're both playing their on-screen characters. This was on SmackDown. This wasn't like some hidden camera... Th this is... This is a scripted segment between a real-life father and daughter, but playing playing the amped-up versions of those characters on television. And so Stephanie is confronting Vince McMahon. But it's just really, like, icky. It was icky then, and now it's, like, really, really icky. You know what, Dad? I'm sorry. What do you mean? I'm sorry that all my life I've let you manipulate me and use me. All my life just to be the apple of my daddy's eye. I'm having a little fun here. Every time... That you have ever, every time I went out to dinner with one of your business associates, I was 17 years old. You don't think they told me what you promised them I'd do? And guess what, Dad? I did it. I did it for you, the things I did with them, and I'm ashamed of myself. I'm ashamed of myself that I'm just like you. And I'm not going to let you do that to Zach Gowan. Why do I care so much about Zach Gowan? Maybe because he's my last bastion of hope. Maybe because he's the last thing that can possibly save myself. But I'm not going to let you do it to him, Dad. And if that means that you're going to fire me, then fine. Fire me. Fire me, Dad. And then maybe you'll lose the one person who ever cared about you. The only one person that wanted to be just like you, me. Maybe I just won't care about you anymore. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's still pretty bad acting, but like there were some points, there, there, there were some parts there where like, it's like, oh, is this, is this getting, uh, this getting beyond like just act, like, I mean, Stephanie was known for like screaming and yelling some, you know, she would come out and scream, but like she was a horrendous actor, just like Vince. Vince was a terrible, terrible actor. But it's wrestling, so it's supposed to be like cartoonish and over the top and ridiculous. But that that was like, hmm. Those are some very specific things. Uh, but who knows? Um, anyway. Uh, what a crazy, crazy day, though. Crazy story. But as I was saying, you know... They used to, it used to be kind of a running joke every week. Oh, what's, what's going to be the thing that shakes the foundation of wrestling this week that absolutely does not shake the foundation of wrestling in any way. And, uh, this actually, uh, I think is going to, now I think it'll shake the, it's, it's already shaken the foundation of, you know, like if, if none of these things happen, would Vince have sold the company so quickly? Would Vince have sold the company at all? Would Vince still just be running the, the show? I don't Maybe. So, like, it's already... Either way, the dude retired and had no plans of retiring. And that was evident by the fact that he muscled his way back into the company six months later. Uh, and then said he was not going to be part of all the day-to-day -day and the you know the creative plans for the wrestling shows and all that stuff. And then what is he doing? He's at WrestleMania calling the shots. And he's at Raw the next night, you know, tearing up everything that they had planned and rewriting it. And then for the next several months, doing the same thing remotely from, from home and just having people send the scripts and uh, everything that was going to happen for that week's Raw or that week's SmackDown or whatever and rewriting a whole bunch of it. 
And now that he's now he's not part of that at all, and it shows because it's actually very entertaining to watch Raw and SmackDown every week. Um, that's how you know Vince has nothing to do with it at this point. Uh, but uh, yeah, this is actually uh, you know this is actually an, an earth shattering thing. Now a lot of the people who are going to probably. If there are more and more wrestlers that we find out that, you know, took part in this or part of Vince's horrible, evil web of fucking disgustingness, uh, probably a lot of those are the, yeah, the older ones who are, you know, well into their 40s and up, uh, the the Lesnar's, the Cena's, the Undertaker's, those kind of guys. I would think probably the younger group is actually more of a, you know legitimately like decent people that doesn't mean they're all saints but uh, it's just not like the old day i mean it, it was quite literally a boys club and now half of the roster is female and also most of the females are more entertaining to watch than than the dudes and the dudes are very entertaining that is a that's that's saying more about the how good the females are than anything else um but it also that has to create a much better environment as far as not having a lot of that shit going on. And you just have to wonder like, man, before the internet, before cell phones, like was Vince up to this crap? Like what was he doing? It's yeah. It, it, it changes the perspective of like, it changes the perception of every, like everything that you've known. It's, it's weird. It's just strange. Uh, and yes, I will still be watching the Royal Rumble. But man, that is... I mean, what are they going to do for the press con? They always have a press conference after all their pay-per-views. Like, what are they going to have it still? And clearly, like, that question is going to come up. I mean, are they going to do some shady bullshit thing where, like, before the press conference, they tell everybody in the, in the media room, in the press room, uh, if any of you asks that question... You'll be thrown out of here forever. You will never be welcome back here ever. You can kiss it all goodbye. That's a shitty thing to do, especially if you're saying it in a room full of people from the press who can just turn around and be like, hey, this is what they told us. I'm sure they're going to have, I'm sure they're working on the canned response right now that if somebody asks Triple H, he'll be like, uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're investigating that. And, uh, you know, um, Really, uh, legally, I can't really comment too much on anything other than to say uh, uh, it's, it's under investigation, it's under review, and, uh, and, and that's there's really nothing further uh, that I can say at this time. That's gonna be uh, that's gonna be all he's gonna say. Um, or they'll just give Jay Uso a bunch of weed and booze uh, and have him go out and do an encore of the hilarious and wonderfully entertaining press conference. Uh, from back in October. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I I feel like... I, I, I th- And that, that was... I was thinking about that this morning before I even read all of this stuff. I was thinking like, oh, yeah, I didn't... Uh, I didn't tell the good listeners of the Birthday Boy podcast who I thought might be some surprise entrance into the Royal Rumble this year. Um, because I... Because I don't really care because there's enough... Uh, non-announced entrances who are not surprises that I don't really care if there aren't any surprise entrants. 
I mean, I mentioned like, yeah, could the rock be a surprise? Yeah, he could. Um, but like you got CM Punk and you got Cody Rhodes and a bunch of others. And, uh, I, I, I would have said before this morning or before yesterday evening, like I just assumed Brock Lesnar would be back in some way, shape or form in the Royal Rumble. And I was hoping that that would lead to a match with Gunther at WrestleMania. That's who I, that's who I would have loved to have seen. Uh, I mean, that would just be as hard hitting a match as you could ever imagine. Um, but now I have a hard time imagining Brock Lesnar ever being part of WWE ever again. Now, there could be the loophole of like, okay, they had a little text exchange and Brock, again, plausible deniability. How To what extent is any of it plausible though? So if, uh, you know, if Brock Lesnar's sitting there like, dude, I didn't know Vince was doing all this stuff behind the scenes. I thought he was just, uh, you know, trying to help a guy get laid, help a buddy get laid. Like, bullshit. Bullshit. Which is why I just, I find it very difficult to believe that Brock Lesnar, uh, I'm sure Brock Lesnar was on his way to Tampa to be part of tomorrow's Royal Rumble. I'm sure that was the plan until... Only a few short hours ago, and now I would be very shocked to see Brock Lesnar not only in the Royal Rumble, but in any capacity. And I don't want to see him. I don't. I never really liked Brock Lesnar. He has great matches, so it was always good. And and he was starting to like, you know, he's obviously not getting any younger, so it was good to see him uh, finally not being the world champion like he always was and not beating every single wrestler on the roster and not um, um, being in the main event of every... Like, it was like, okay, he's on the card, but he's not the main attraction anymore, but he's still enough of an attraction that they have him, but he's actually losing some matches here and there, and it's it's not just this dominant Brock Lesnar is going to beat the Undertaker's streak and he's going to beat John Cena in like two seconds with Suplex City and he's not, you know, where he, the worst was when he beat Kofi Kingston in like nine seconds on that SmackDown Fox premiere back in 2019. Like after all the Kofi Mania stuff to just have him show up and get f 5 by Lesnar and then that's it. That's the end for Kofi. There's a lot of shitty things, and I was like, I know, you know, when Brock Lesnar left in 2004, it was a little disappointing because he'd only been there for a couple of years, and it felt like he was just getting started. Um, and then when he came back in 2012, it was like, oh wow, cool. But I never really cared if he didn't come back, because I was never a Brock Lesnar fan. Um, before I even knew what kind of a scumbag he is, I just didn't, I just wasn't like a really into the guy. Impressive physical specimen has great move set, great matches. Like knows knows wrestling, he knows how to have a great match. But and and yeah, I was until until today, <laughs> twenty four hours ago, I would have said, yeah, I hope Brock Lesnar is one of those surprise participants in the Royal Rumble. Uh, but I can't imagine that's going to be the case because you go over to AEW and their their most recent pay per view. Uh, and I can never final, I, I, I can, for some reason, AEW has such terrible pay-per-view names. I can't distinguish one from the other. I used to know all the WCW pay-per-views. I even know a decent amount of the ECW pay-per-views at one time. Like, but AEW, I know there's like, 
they all have like the same name. It's like all in, all out, double or nothing, full Monty. I don't, I don't even know what the fuck it's called. But they're they're horrible pay per view names. That's beside the point. Uh, but Chris Jericho recently uh, has been under some additional scrutiny because there was some talk of. Uh, Somebody was online talking about, maybe it was a wrestling reporter or someone talking about NDAs that were signed, uh, you know, from the whole like CM Punk altercation with Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks back in 2022. And then possibly again with the altercation that Punk had with Jungle Boy uh, back in August at Wembley Stadium at All In. I think, I think that one was called All In. Um, and uh, somebody mentioned NDAs, and Chris Jericho said, "Like you weren't there, you don't know. We didn't sign. Nobody signed NDAs. That's a that's a bullshit story." And then another wrestling reporter chimed in on that conversation and said, "Ah, you'd know all about NDAs, wouldn't you, Chris?" And everybody was kind of like, "What? What? What's that supposed to mean?" And then there, and then stuff came to light about you know Jericho, yeah, just being a Harvey Weinstein. You know, uh, luring some girl to his hotel room uh, who was, I don't know if it was an aspiring pro wrestler, up and coming. No, it was. It was somebody, uh, and I'm so sorry I forgot what her name was. And I don't want to, I could easily look it up, but I'm not going to because I'm lazy. Um, It was somebody, it was a wrestler who was with AEW in 2019 and also left AEW in 2019. And at the time, she wasn't a big name. Um, actually, I do. I feel like I want to look that up because it seems uh, Chris Jericho, uh, NDA, Kylie Ray. And I don't know too much about Kylie. Yeah, this was back on December 30th. DM from Chris Jericho leaks after allegations blow up about Kylie Ray. And this is a horrible website. It's yeah. This was back on December thirtieth, which was the day of World's End. Was the I could have sat here for an hour and not remembered the name of that pay per view. But the World's End AEW pay per view on December thirtieth. I didn't watch it. I used to order every one of their pay per views because I wanted them to do well. I wanted to give them money, and I still want them to do well. I still want AEW to be around forever. Um. Because you shouldn't just have a monopoly. Monopolies sucks. The board game sucks, and actual monopolies suck. And I gotta, I gotta sign out soon here, um, or sign off, I should say. Uh, yeah, Kylie Ray, Chris Jericho's name trended in a big way on the morning of World's End, but it wasn't for a great reason at all. Allegations came out about how Jericho has skeletons in his closet, but NDAs may keep certain people from talking. Kylie. Uh, Kylie Ray received a ton of support after she replied with a red heart emoji to pretty much confirm an allegation about Chris Jericho and her alone in a hotel room. Then things took off and Fire Jericho is now trending on Twitter. Well, on December 30th, it was trending on Twitter. Uh, Morgan Holly Moore dropped a tweet about Chris Jericho after the allegations surfaced about him. In that tweet, she spoke about a DM that she received from the former AEW world champion. Uh, she then received a DM from Chris Jericho where he said, you're a journalist now, along with a stunning emoji with stars in its eyes. Uh, this was quite a post to drop on a day like today. Okay, this... Wait, 
I feel like there's a picture that I can't see on this website because it's such a crappy. Oh, I have to click on. Oh my god, these fucking websites are such pieces of shit. Jesus Christ, the fucking click this and click that. This is why I don't read wrestling news except on Twitter. Uh, anyway, Jericho. Long story short, Jericho. Yeah, I don't even know where this article ends, and it says click here to get the, and then it takes you to some fucking. Get the fuck out of here. Anyways, Chris Jericho, longtime wrestler, veteran of the business. Um, yeah, somebody that I'm never been too fond of, like on a on a personal level. I did meet the guy once. I obviously was a fan once upon a time. He was at Fye at Colony Center before a pay per view in 2000, and uh, and I went and uh, got his autograph, which I don't. I doubt that I still have. I don't know. I don't even know if I got like the WWF magazines. I don't even remember. I just remember I was such an idiot, and I told him good luck against X Pac tomorrow. Like, oh my god. Uh, anyway, I did. I briefly met him and got his autograph, whatever. And uh, but like, as I've learned more about, and I, I was, I, I was a, I've, I've always been a fan of Chris Jericho, his work in wrestling. He's always been very entertaining, great wrestler. Entertaining on the he's like he's got all the all the tools that you would want a wrestler to have. He can do funny, he can do serious, he can you know whatever. Um, but over the last few years, as I've learned more and more about Chris Jericho, I like him less and less. And uh, and pretty much capping off with the you know the worst thing I've heard about him, which was like yeah, he was you know he was trying to quote mentor this young uh, wrestler. And part of that, of course, he said, uh, yeah, I think he said, come to my hotel room. We're having a party. Everybody's going to be there. And she came to the hotel room and it was just him. And he tried to, you know, put the moves on her, if you will, um, or sexually assault her, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Used to be called putting the moves on. And uh, now it rightfully is called fucking being a piece of shit. Um and she pretty much, I guess, ran out of the room and asked for her release from the company shortly thereafter. I think there was, she was supposed to be part of the pay-per-view like that day or that weekend or that whatever it was. And uh, she asked for her release and she got it. And I, I feel like there was an NDA and probably some money involved. And uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's just a really, uh, it's shitty uh, all across the board. But... They, despite all that, that that was going around the internet all day, and then we got to that pay per view, and they still had Chris Jericho wrestling, and he came to the ring, and everything he did got booed, and he, he was supposed. To, I'm pretty sure he was a good guy in that scenario. He came out, they booed him. Anytime he got in the ring, they booed. Anytime he would throw a punch or any kind of offensive maneuver, they would boo. Anytime somebody would throw a punch to him or give him some kind of offensive wrestling maneuver, they would cheer. And now they have made it so that Chris Jericho is only appearing on the Friday night show, I think, Rampage, that's pre-taped. They tape that. They have live uh, AEW Dynamite on Wednesdays. And then after the show, they tape the hour of, or two hours, whatever it is, of, of Rampage, which airs Friday night. 
And so now Jericho, I think, is exclusive to that show. So that way they can uh, they can alter any anything that they need to to make it not sound like he's getting booed out of the building, which. Uh, from all accounts, that's that's what's been happening anytime he's been on TV. Although he hasn't really been in the ring that much since December 30th, uh, they're they're making it very hard uh, for people to be able to boo him. Anyway, I'm low on battery. Wrestlers are scumbags. Not all of them, obviously. Um, and Brock Lesnar probably won't be in the Royal Rumble. <laughs> what a day! Holy shit! We'll talk about this more. Plenty more to talk about, uh, but I got to go for now. And we'll talk to you next time on the Birthday Boy Podcast. Later, Gators.